Hey everybody, hey, Coach John Daly back live again, another live, when I say live, I mean live again, but we're not in the library this time, we are in Dr. Jeff Lipp's humble abode at his kitchen table, uh, this is a very cozy house you got here, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing well, buddy, thanks for uh, coming over today. You know what, thank you, because it's been a while, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've made connections over the last, uh, you know, week or so. Trying to find that time, almost having it, not having it, and, and both of our schedules are pretty nuts right now. Um, so here it is, a Sunday. So we're recording this on uh, December 10th, uh, and it is definitely cold, gray, snowy outside. So I, I love how you have the uh, the heat turned up in here. It's very comfortable. And I'm looking forward to this. Now, you said you got a little something, a little different uh, angle you want to go at today, and I'm very interested to hear this. So what do we got going on today? Well, I thought you and I can continue our discussion about some of the uh, important people that have come in my life ever since uh, all the loss I kind of experienced over the last three years. And today, with his permission, more than anything, I wanted to bring up a very good friend of mine. His name is Jason Thompson, and he's married to an amazing girl named Lauren. And I think we should dive into a little bit about what he has done for me over the last three years and how much we have supported one another. Jason and I basically met back in college. Uh, we were deskies. Were you ever a deskie, my friend? I was a desk worker, my friend. Oh, boy, I loved that job. That was, I loved that job. You knew everything that was going on in the dorm. You knew everybody. And it was definitely uh, a nice way to see the uh, ladies of the whoever was around because <laughs> you get to know them, too. We were rovers a lot at nighttime. And he and I... <laughs> Let's just say we did the minimal of our job that needed to do, and we got paid, so it was really good. Now, what and hall was this in? This was, uh, I was in Troutman at the time, and he was in Cobb Hall. And I was in Walt Emmons, so yes, I yeah. did that too. Okay. So it was a good time. It was a, it was an amazing time. And similar to the other people that I talked about, especially with Nick last podcast, um, he stood up in my wedding, and then I stood up in his. And basically, I, I think... More than anything, as we kind of continue progressing with these podcasts, I'm going to end up talking about every single guy that was by my side, you know, when I got married. And th these are people that are still, which is really interesting, very important people in my life right now. Mm -hmm. So um, once again, he married. he's married to Lauren, uh, and then they live in Seattle. So that is my definite Seattle connection. So every time you and I talk and you ask me what I'm doing for a weekend or sometime in the summer, I usually travel out in Seattle. He's the place where I stay. Oh, wow. Okay. Got great you. people. Great yeah. people. And what I wanted to focus on was a chunk of time uh, where him and I shared a lot of texts back and forth, uh, specifically from April 23rd, 2014 to August 14th, 2014. And remember, that was a time frame when Sarah left and then basically, uh, you know, we got divorced and then I had to start my life all over again. Mm -hmm. So that time frame, him and I, him living in Seattle, that's how we mainly communicated. Uh, when we couldn't speak, he was basically a person that would help me channel a lot of what I needed to talk about during that time and how we could address each other. Um, he was always honest and extremely genuine with me, buddy. Um, he always wanted to be real with me when we spoke. Uh, but he wanted to make sure that he reminded me of how much I really mattered in this world more than anything. Um, so moving on, with that being said, I found an uh, interesting quote um, from the book that I'm reading. Uh, I'm still reading Victor Frank's uh, 
you know, the, the meaning of life, basically, that book. And he does a great job talking about uh, an amazing quote that he uh, addressed. And I'm going to read it really quickly. He's like, the more one forgets himself by giving himself to a cause to serve or another person to love, the more human he is and the more he actualizes himself. So that's Viktor Frankl again. So let me say it again one more time. The more one forgets himself by giving himself to a cause to serve or another person to love, the more human he is and the more he actualizes himself. So I don't know if you remember uh, John Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but self-actualization is actually the top of the um, that chart. And so self-actualization means a lot to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. want to kind of get your thoughts about what self-actualization means to you. Well, let me tell you, um, it's funny you just talked about that. Um, I was listening to John O'Leary's podcast today, uh, driving around doing some errands, and he interviewed this Matt uh, Emerson. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right, but I, I tweeted this out, and it's funny you just brought that up. But um, he said he was given advice um, about the purpose-driven life. Mm. And, he, and, and the therapist that he was working with said, um, just read the first line. It's yeah. the first line. And it said um, something about it's not about you, right? It's not about you. And so later on in the podcast, and I had to kind of pull over and, and tweet this out, um, but living a life that's not about you, you're going to end up finding yourself. And he said that in this interview with John O'Leary, and I just thought that was pretty powerful. And it, um, I think so many of us, um, we start realizing about who we are as age comes, as we get older. Um, and I think it's a key, we've, I think we've talked about this before, that if people can find it sooner, they're going to be better off. Mm. Uh, but most of it does come from the fact of taking the focus off ourselves, helping others, serving others, being you know there for other people. Uh, and that's where we find that that self, that self-actualization, the, the meaning of life for ourselves and our purpose. And I think that's pretty powerful stuff. It's funny you brought that up, and I didn't even, unless you saw my tweet or something, <laughs> I don't know, but... Uh, that was that was pretty powerful because I just got done hearing about it today. Our worlds typically run together, and it's funny how we find like nuggets of information, and we just kind of reflect on it all the time. And it's really interesting, and I, that's why I love doing these podcasts because sharing that knowledge is extremely important. And you know, just kind of reflecting on it in general is really powerful. Huge. All right, so um, what I want to do is kind of read the text that him and I shared there in that three month, three month to four month time of time frame. And discuss how a lot of that right now is, you know, playing out in my current life situation. And what I'm going to ask you to do, Mr. Daly, is read the text that Jason sent me. And then I'll read the text that I sent back to Jason. And I want to give the listeners a true feeling of the amount of sadness and sorrow I was going through for about those four months. Mm. So here is the first round of text discussions. These texts happened in May. Uh, This is about a month, a little bit a month ago when she left. And then... Um, Jason came into Michigan for a wedding. Uh, he stayed with me for a little bit, and then he left. I'm so sorry all this has happened to you. At least now you know you can use your friends and family to help you get through this time. I miss you, man. Remember, my guest room is always open and available when you are ready to visit. I don't think I'll have any money after all this is said and done. Well, I guess I will need to fly you out here then. My interview today went great, so I may be in line for a bump in pay. Even when he was dealing with stress, 
of interviewing for a new job, he wanted to be there for me. And I wasn't supposed to read that part, was I? <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. He was. He was. That's exactly what it was. He he always put himself um, beneath me, you know, whatever he needed at that particular time. He would always support me. He would always make sure that I am taken care of. He would always make me a huge priority in his life. And, I mean, during that time, I felt like I had no friends, nobody I could rely on. That was one thing he did. He wanted me to consistently fly out to Seattle so he can physically take care of me. You mm-hmm. know, just, just be around my presence. Make sure that I'm loved and cared for. So, which leads us to the second text of discussions, which, more, which uh, took place in June. And at that time, I was writing Sarah almost every day, John. Uh, those letters will be part of my book one day that I'll share uh, because they were just the, the they kind of reflected just the amount of sadness and depression I was going through. They they depicted everything, mm. and more than anything, um, going through it, I needed some type of therapeutic tool, and that's what exactly those letters did for me. Um, that I just emailed her every single time after I wrote them. So uh, here we go. I, I broke down and texted her something I should not have. Sorry, buddy. Should have just stayed business, but I heard a lot today. It's okay. Nobody's perfect, and I understand how hurtful and upsetting this is for you. We will get through this. You're a great friend. She just changed her Facebook profile, and, is getting, and it's getting at me. Her profile pic is great, but I think she might be using it as a dating profile. I know it's nonsense stuff, but I'm just having a very difficult time with all of this. Sorry, I just don't know why I'm getting so... Damn sad all the time and bother you about this. It's okay. Anyone would act the same way. You have invested a lot of your time and life into Sarah. It has got to be hard to understand why it is so easy for her to throw it all away. You hit it right on point. We can talk about it later, buddy. Just needed that. That is why I'm encouraging you to do new things so you can have those things as a crutch to help you through this time to take your mind off all this stuff. I know. I got to. I'm just off and on with this depression. I'm trying to focus on getting better. I know you are. You can only do the best you can, though. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. A trip to Seattle may help. I agree. You're the best. Thanks. Keep fighting the good battle. You know something? Um, When I feel like I'm making progress, I would always go two steps back, and I have done... Not done anything stupid, but more than anything, I was just glad that he was listening to me. He challenged me consistently just to get out of that comfort zone, John. That's exactly what he did. Mm. He didn't want me to play the victim card anymore. Um, and he, he heard consistently that I was playing the victim card, even when we talked on the phone. But when you're in it, as I indicated before in several podcasts that we talk about, when you're in it, you feel like that world is all about that. And it's, it's hard to keep pushing through the darkness. You know, that, 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 that sadness that you see all the time in your heart. It was really difficult for me to really push past that. But he, he kind of challenged me to do that. Uh, moving on, uh, the third text discussion was that um, I wanted to know his thoughts before sending a specific letter to her on that day. So here we go again. Buddy, I'm going to give this letter to her tomorrow. I just hurt so bad. I'm trying to make progress, but I just don't know what else to do. If I can read it. If you can read it, I would love your feedback. I think the letter looks good, but unfortunately, 
I don't think it will make you feel better giving it to her. I want I want it to I want it to though. You have to do what you think is best, my friend. I don't know what is best, buddy. Just be blunt with me. Yes or no, giving it to her. I trust your judgment. My gut says no. I'm thinking you are looking for something to make you feel better, and this is not it. I don't know what the answer is, though. I would I would reconsider the divorce support group. Thanks, buddy. You could read me like a book. I got a phone call to work during the vacation I would have taken with her family, and I said no, thinking there was still a chance I could still go on that vacation. The depression is setting in. I really need to do something. Man, I'm just so sad. I just wanted her to know how bad I hurt. She will not get the letter. Love you, buddy. No problem. You should reconsider not working. Times like this is better to stay busy. Work extra hours. Work on projects you have been putting off. Start a hobby. Reconnect with old friends. When depression hits, it hits. During this time, I would have rather had physical pain, like my arm, and I'm reading this again. <laughs> it's okay. Man, I'm screwing this up. It's this okay. This is good stuff. No, I- no, no. When, when depression hits, it hits. You know, and during this time, I rather, I, you're reading it right, but I would rather have physical pain, like seriously break my arm down, than it would have, than rather to deal with all the emotional pain that I was going to. At least the physical pain, there would be an ETA on the type of recovery, honestly. Mm. But like, I had never deal with, I never dealt with any of this level of depression that I was experiencing more or anything. It was like just constant pain, mm. constant just sorrow, constant crying, constant. I'm driving home, buddy, and I'm hearing music, and it's making me miss her. It's making me think about her. It was this constant sadness, and I just don't know what to do and how to get over it at all. That's a great point that you brought about the physical pain. Like mm-hmm. if you broke your arm, it's a perfect example where, okay, here's the x-ray. Doctor says, okay, it's going to be six, eight weeks, 12 weeks, a little physical therapy after, and hey, you're going to be good as new, or you know, things are going to get better. Right. With what you were going through, man, you just didn't have that. That feedback. No, I didn't. I didn't. And this is what leads me to the next round of text discussions because I'm going to share a lot with the physical struggles with all the pain in general. Mm. And basically, it had a lot to do with sleep. And I don't know how important sleep is to you for you, you, my friend, but it is like so important for me. And so let me me just start sharing some of this stuff. It's I know you're sleeping. Uh, She came over today to pick up the dog. And she was extremely distant towards me. It gave me a sense of closure, but I'm really sad because I know that it's finally over. No yelling at me at this time, but I feel so alone. I miss the dog more than anything. She told me that she was going on the cruise and that when the next time I would see her, I would see the dog again. And then here we go again. I know you're sleeping, buddy. Have a great day. Two months ago today, she left me hurting. Don't know what to think about my future. But I feel so lonely. Miss you, buddy. And then here I go again. I just don't know what... I just don't know when it'll get better for me. I miss her every day. And I hurt so bad. The depression is really killing me. I am crying right now. I hope you're well, buddy. I'm sorry, bud. I promise it'll get better. We should talk later today. Something came up. And I didn't really... Yeah, and I didn't really... I, I know I just didn't talk to him that day. Something just came up. He got busy... I got busy. Um, it was at that time, I remember specifically in this set of messages, I, I sat down and I really just realized that I had nothing else to do but just try to connect with my higher power. Mm-hmm. And I sat there when I couldn't speak with him 
or I couldn't text him back because he was probably working more than anything. And I just sat there and I remember meditating with God. You know, I remember talking to him. Um, I knew that he loved me. Um, and I knew that he was going to one day take away all the pain and suffering that I was going through. But it's amazing how all that emotional pain can just destroy you. Mm. And it's it, it will it will keep you in that state of mind if you allow that emotional pain to keep you in that state of mind. Mm. And it was just it was horrible. I don't wish that upon anyone at all, my friend. I really don't. Mm. All right, uh, moving on to the fifth round of texts. This is in July, and I'm really starting to just try to piece my life together before the divorce date actually happens, my friend. So I hope you had a great birthday yesterday. Thanks. How did your group meeting go? Everything is going well. I just absolutely miss her. I just can't seem to get that pain away. I think the pain will always be there until you are ready and able to replace it with something else. I'm glad the group is helping. That is probably the most disappointing thing you've ever said to me that I know is 100% true. Love you, buddy. I hope that wasn't harsh. I want you to feel better, but I know it's going to take some time and work. It is not harsh. Just don't take it that way. You are right. I like being honest with you, but I don't want to take it too far and hurt your feelings. Honestly, I'm so depressed that nothing can really hurt me. The pain of missing her is indescribable. You are not hurting my feelings. I love you, man. And that is the truth. I know. I also want to make sure I'm being supportive and helpful. And, and, and he was. And he was. And he was. He was truly making me see that the only person that was going to get me through this situation was myself. So, John, this right here, this group of texts, I was learning to try to forgive myself. I really was. And I knew that I wasn't moving past that. I couldn't move the fact. I couldn't forgive myself for everything I did. And I didn't really do anything wrong. Like I said, we kind of both fell out of love, but I really was greedy with my own time. And I was so sad that I kept like saying to myself, what, why did I do this? How could I let this happen? And I couldn't change it. I knew I couldn't change it. Intellectually, I knew I could not change anything. But emotionally, I, that's that's where my heart was. That I needed something just to shock myself out of this. Mm. And I, I try to keep, I kept praying. I kept asking him if he could bring her back. It wasn't going to happen. It really was not going to happen. And um, which leads me honestly to the sixth round of texts. And we're getting closer to the divorce date now. The, the letters that I was writing, the praying that I was doing, and being around people that just loved me was just, it wasn't working. Mm. It was hard. I was running out of things to do because I was just that sad. And I, I just, I, I kept texting him. That's the only thing that I knew that could try to, like, break up all this, like, depression. Mm. All right, tell me. It will get better, buddy. Rough day. Had to give Espy back to Sarah on Espy's birthday. Had to deal with the lawyer stuff. Gave a fantasy football. Had been crying all day. Just, just need to hear that it will get better. Sorry things are rough today, but I promise it will get better. Wish I could be there to help you through this. Thanks, buddy. Today was just a setback. Way too much today. I hope you had a good first day. Uh, proud of you and your accomplishments. Please text me something encouraging. She moved out 75% of her stuff today. I feel just so empty and depressed. Holding on to SB like it's the only thing I have left. I know it's hard, and you can see it, but this will pass. 
you will make new connections that will be even stronger than the ones in the past because of the challenges you are experiencing. Try to think of this as a new beginning instead of the end of the story. Thank you, buddy. Just an emotional, just emotionally spent. Love you. Love you, man, for everything. And I would not be here without you. And this is this is true. I was getting so emotional on everything. Uh, listening to music, like I said, listening, watching TV, talking to people. I, I would just sit there and I would cry, John. Mm. Like, I, I never had that happen before. I, I was such an emotional, like, just wall. Like, I, I was so tough. I was so... I just stood there and I could I could impact anything. Everything that anyone did to me, it would just rebound off me, basically. But whenever someone brought up her name, whenever I heard music that was associated between her and I, I would just cry. And um, I remember talking to one of my friends, his name was Scott. We met up and he he was going through something very similar like that, too. And he shared with me that, you know, at times you just might need to just go to the bathroom at work and just cry. And... Um, I remember looking at him. I'm like, that would never happen to me, you know? But there I was. I, I remember one day at work, I, I had to do something and it sparked something about her. I had to go take a little bit of a time in the bathroom and just let off some tears. And I never felt that weak like I did before. Like, I, I just never did. I, I just didn't understand why any of this was happening at all. And... um I don't think I ever will, but I mean, it, it, it's all part of his plan, and, you know. And it, you know, as I share more anything, these texts want bring us back to what I was going through because I, I feel so important that people hear these things. You mm. know, that the amount of sadness someone can go through when someone leaves their life it's it's real. It's it can be like death, honestly, mm-hmm. and, and it's like it's not an easy process to get over unless you're willing to put that work in. Mm. Mm. All right, almost uh, a couple more rounds left of texts, uh, but these are very good texts I want to keep sharing. So uh, here's the seventh round of texts that took place on August 18, 2014. Supposed to be my seven-year wedding anniversary today. It's just not fair, buddy. I miss her so much and just want all this to go away. I'm just so drained. I'm sorry, man. I wish I could make it all better for you. It sucks, but you have to start make new things in your life to be happy about. So you don't feel so bad about things like this. My room is open for you whenever you are ready. I promise you, you'll feel better in, if you come out here. Good. good. It's just good stuff. He, he just, he's not even a counselor. I, I, he's not. He, he works with animals. He's a CFO of a cat shelter. And here's a guy who always is just constantly reflecting, feeling back, and constantly giving me that that bond, that secureness, that hope that I actually needed. And I, I don't, I'm just blessed, man. I, I really am. And this is why, like, anniversaries are so difficult for me in general. They really are. Because I would share them with her. Mm-hmm. And now I have to start all over again, uh, create new anniversaries for different people, different things. And it's, I don't think anyone ever wants to suppose to, like, Start over. No one really wants to start over. You know, change is not something that everyone signs up for at all. Let me let me give you a little bit of a nugget today more than anything. Um, today is December 10th because you said at the beginning of the podcast. Mm. Um, uh, this is a day that I proposed to her um, like maybe, what, 13 years ago now? Something of that nature. Um, and not many people know that about today in general. But it's it's... 
it's different. You know, I'm, I'm here with you now doing a podcast, you know, and um, it's hard. Mm. But um, it's interesting how, especially Jason, he would say a lot. He's like, you know, time heals a lot. Time heals so many things, you know. And that's true. It, time really does heal things. But it takes hard freaking work to keep building yourself up. Mm-hmm. It took hard freaking work those four months that I was going through this crap. I mean, it, it was it was just it was difficult to remind myself that people actually love me. You know, when I feel like I don't even love myself. Mm. And um, I don't know. Mm. And um, so it leads me to like the final piece of like him and I texting before. You know, this was the crux. This was the final piece that in the group of texts I feel are very important to share with the listeners is that uh, this is my last day seeing my dog. Mm. And, um, you know, I shared with this before and I think I shared with this with the listeners before, but her, Sarah and I didn't have children. So Espy uh, was our dog and she was like our child. And last day she picked her up was after divorce. Um, she was so kind enough to let me at least have the dog through that process right there. But I know when that dog left my house, that was the last time I'll ever see that dog. And I've not seen that dog for about three and a half years now, John. I mean, I got brownie now. I mean, it's amazing. I got brownie now. And everything is happens for a reason, but it's tough. But. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Uh, me, I got to give up SP tomorrow. Um, don't know when I'll see her again. Need some encouraging words if possible, my friend. I'm not sure if this is encouraging or not, but I think it would be good for you to spend some time away from Espy. Espy is a constant reminder of your previous life, and I think it is helpful to look to the future. As hard as that is, I think it will lead to brighter days for you. I feel bad that you have to feel so much pain before it will get better, but I know it will. Like I said, buddy, I I haven't seen her since. I haven't seen that dog since. Mm. Um. I pray every night for her and Sarah. I I completely trust my higher power path for all of us, basically. For you too. For everybody. For everybody. And like I said, it's it's led me to the dog that I have right now. It's uh, it's amazing. You know, it really is. But you know, basically why share all this freaking pain, right? Why why go back to all this misery, you know, and it's like, I just can't begin to describe how blessed I am for the life that I have right now. I really can't. Um, he didn't do anything special, John. He, John, All he did was just be my best friend, basically, you know, be one of my support people that was always going to be there for me. And he just kept giving me hope. You know, he tried to give me little nuggets of advice, but Try to make sure that I understand that there is hope that freaking exists in this world when you don't see hope existing. And that, you know, tomorrow will be better and that people honestly still really loved me. And if I left to look at my life three years ago compared to now, I feel great. I do. I, I, I am surrounded by people that just absolutely love me. They want to actually share their time with me. My relationship with my higher power is like, tenfold the best relationship I've ever had. I feel like I'm cloud nine some days when I realize how far I've made it past all this freaking pain, all this misery, 
And I, like I said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for him. But really, he would always send the right text at the appropriate time when I needed it the most. And I, that, that's what a good friend is there for, honestly, just to be real with you, but at the same time, share his or her love for you. And those those people are just rare breeds, you know. Um, they just are. When I read all these texts now, I, I really believe that my higher power was speaking with them, you know, through Jason at that particular time. It really was. I mean, I could have composed texts like that. I really couldn't. I really couldn't um, if I had a friend going through that because I'd be so empathetic with my friend's situation that I would try to, like, live with him in that moment or her in that moment, you know. And... My relationship with my higher powers, I indicated, is stronger. My relationship with Lauren and Jason is so much more stronger mm. now. And I just, I just love going to Seattle, buddy. You know, and I, I told you this before. Um, you're like, just don't move out there. You, say, you know, we don't want to lose our friendship here. But um, I miss them every single day because it's like those pockets of time when I feel like I need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. They're there for me, and. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's what it is. You know, getting out of your comfort zone, visiting people that you don't see very often, making them a priority in life, you know. Uh, life is just truly all about relationships. You know, they really is, buddy. I mean, it comes down to think about it. Life is truly all about relationships. Mm. Your thoughts, buddy. Man, holy cow, got me teared up. And it, just <laughs> the first thought uh, as we were doing this, um, you know, when you shared with everybody in our opening sets of podcasts, yep. those opening episodes, your story, this ramps it up a hundredfold to see behind the scenes what you were going through. Um, and I also wrote down here in my little book, um, this Jason guy, what a great flipping definition of a friend because I don't know if I, if, if you would have came at me with these things, I, I think I could have handled it somewhat like him, but I definitely would have been like, um, I think what some friends would be to me if, if this situation was happening to me or with others, like, dude, what are you doing, man? You got to right. get this, forget this, but, you know, and kind of be angry and kind of um, telling you what to do from their standpoint instead of Jason climbing in the foxhole with you, seeing things from your point of view and knowing you and, and knowing that, man, he, you just need to be listened to some some uh, advice from the heart, and he wasn't telling you harshly what to do to about forgetting her and, you know, dude, you got to stop this and just, you know, he was very, um, boy, I just, he had, a, he had a great grip on this whole situation, I think. And I think anybody, this is a very severe situation, but we have situations that need people to listen to us every day. If we could be like this for other people in our circle of friends, the lesson that Jason has given and you have shared, I think that is just so powerful. That is just so powerful. And I got another question, but I, I think you want to say something. I, I, I definitely want to say something because I don't know how you're not a counselor some days. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Thought about it actually a while ago, but no, I didn't take the leap. When friends are friends, right? Friends want to protect you. They want to shield you from pain. Yes. They hate when you go through a whole bunch of crap, you yes. know, and... They want to give advice. Right. What he did was he would give me advice, but he would put on his empathy hat before he gave me that advice. Mm. He tried to walk with me a little bit. Right. Then he basically shared with me what he believed needed to take place. Mm. 
And you're right. I mean, every conversation I was having with a lot of people was like, you know, forget her, her loss. Those were great things because it felt made me feel like they loved me, but that wasn't what I needed because I needed direction to a certain extent. I can't just turn off loving someone. Right. I can't just all of a sudden flip off and turn off like 14 years of being with someone. I don't forget people that easy. And what he was trying to remind me was that it's normal what you're feeling. At the same time is I want you to start taking care of yourself. Mm. I want you to understand that you're still awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Mm. And then when Lauren came in his life, more than anything, like I, she was a constant reminder of why I'm awesome too. She would honestly remind me that, hey, listen, you, you're good. You're, you're a good person. You know, we, we love you coming to visit us. We want you to be part of our wedding. And it made me feel good. Like I'm somebody again, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I can't even tell you how many times I maybe called him just crying because I just couldn't process what was going on. And I'm actually kind of really shocked that I made it through reading some of those texts because... I remember about a year after everything was said and done, and he changed his phone number over to a different line. But I saved these original texts more than anything just to kind of go back to make sure I remind myself how far I come. Mm. And it is, and I never thought it would lead to something like this, like a podcast that you and I are doing. Right. But I think that more than anything, it, there's a reason why I'm sharing it now. Mm. It's because what I remember reading those particular texts and how impactful they were for me at the moments that I needed them. And I don't want to forget that. And so that's why I think sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to move past situations. But what I've learned through this and how I like to always do this now is I put everything in the current moment. So everything in the current moment is just perfect. There's not a thing going wrong in my life right now. I mean, could it be better? Absolutely, buddy, right? You and I could be billionaires and we could just retire tomorrow, right? (laughs) But that, at no time is that going to happen anytime right. soon, right? right? And so we still have to do work, you know, mm-hmm. to find the goals that you and I need. Yep. And so it's going to take time. It's going to take work. But I'm optimistic that things will keep, keep getting better. Uh, I don't know if I asked you this question earlier in another episode. Um, what you've been through and, and the lessons that you've learned and the people that have come into your life and where you are now, I, I think there's great value in that. But if you could wave a magic wand and not have this whole thing happen, would you? That is like one of the most beautiful questions I've ever heard, honestly. Is it still too fresh? Is it still too... No, it's been, it's been a good amount of time. It's been a very good amount of time. Um, I'm not in love with Sarah like I used to be three years ago. You know, I've forgiven myself for a lot. Mm. I know for a fact, and I said this before, she's not walking through that door. Right. And those three years now, I have grown exponentially. Oh, yeah. I have grown so much. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone in life wants to go through pain. I don't think anyone in life wants to go through failure. I don't think anyone wants to feel rejected ever. Right. But more than anything, I learned those, th- you know, those three concepts, and I am a stronger man than I've ever been before. 
just saying in the context of this moment, I if I didn't go through some of the stuff that I went through, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'd be doing these podcasts with you mm-hmm. because there's there's not enough story for me honestly to tell. Right. You know, right. I, it, there's not a good lesson to be learned from all the pain that that I went through. Right. You know, and I and I feel that you know trusting my higher power. He wants me to see something. I, I'm optimistic that he has something better for me. And I and I still see it now, you know. And if I had a magic wand, would I want to go away? Yes. I don't think anyone in this world would want pain in their life, right? I don't think so ever. And that's what I that's what I do a lot with my niece and my nephew. I try to shield them from all the freaking pain that there is in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, something happens that you have to deal with pain. You have to deal with not getting what you want. Right. And then so when you deal with that, you learn how to process certain things to deal with it if it happens again. Right. You know, and so no one has a perfect life. I stated that I stated that numerous amount of times. You know yep. that, too. Yep. But more anything, I don't think I would have traded all this for I don't think I would have traded this in now because I I, what, I am such a stronger person than I am right now. I Honestly, I really am. All this change was necessary, you know, for in a certain because I was just too comfortable with being a bad person, honestly, mm. and I wasn't putting people above myself at all, and so I, I'm I'm better now for this. I mm. really am, and you know, I I'm looking forward towards, you know, still being a husband one day, still being a father one day, you know, and that that's what gets me up every morning, you know. It's just that someone out there in the world hopefully still exists for me. You know, so I'm optimistic. Yeah, you should be, my friend, because there is. Yeah. There is somebody. It's out there still. Man. Boy, this was huge. This is absolutely huge. I feel a hundred times closer to you. And like I I said before uh, in our conversation, I think before this uh, recording, I got to meet this Jason guy. (laughs) And uh, so hopefully next time he's in town. He did go to Central, so he is. Uh, is yeah, yeah. Those deskies, you know, you gotta I keep. You, you gotta, what. you gotta stay close with those deskies, people, man. I'm telling you, you. Know what? There's, it's a special breed of, uh, yeah. of people that can sit there and hand out toilet paper and, <laughs> uh, you know, sign out uh, different things and, you know, especially back then we didn't have all the gadgets we do today. But uh, wow, this powerful stuff. I'm so glad you shared this, and I hope, I hope the listeners um, like it too. I think there's. A little bit in this for everybody to pull out of uh, and get some information, some ideas, and uh, some advice. And but man, just to, boy, the advice and, and help that Jason showed everybody today about being a good friend—that's powerful. It's definitely helped me change some ways that I need to reach out to some of my friends uh, and get connected with them again and let them know how much I care about them. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. All right, any final words on this piece here, buddy? No, uh, it just. You know, I'm blessed. I really am. Um, I think we're going to be doing another one really shortly right now. So um, I'm good. I, I'm really content. I just, I more than anything, I want everyone to take away from this. The, the one valuable piece is that what Jason did for me, anyone could do for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all he did was just listen. You right. know, And so that right there is the biggest piece. Just listening, honestly giving good feedback but at the same time is being empathetic enough to walk through your friend's problems it's just amazing and like i said i am blessed to have him and lauren in my life and so they're my west coast conf- uh you know contacts so yeah. it's, it's also really good too 
because Seattle's a uh, up and coming place for sure. That's awesome. Oh man. All right, folks. Hey, hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, definitely hope to get some discussion going on this. And uh, Jeff, we will talk to you in a little bit. And uh, I really appreciate this time. Okay, everybody. Hey, find me on Facebook uh, over at uh, Coach to Expect Success and on Twitter at Coach to Success. And boy, let me tell you, just you know, reach out um, to your friends and, and take some of these lessons from, from Jeff sharing his story with Jason uh, and Lauren and fantastic stuff. All right, everybody. Take care of yourselves. See you.